0: After All, a radio play about Gallipoli, by Bart Meehan. And that was Just Like Starting Over by John Lennon who was killed in an act of senseless violence 12 months ago today. Our pick for the song of 1981. It's quarter before the hour and it is hot, hot, hot outside. So let's play something that reminds us where we are. Jack, stop winding that bloody thing.
1: It's all right, Mr. Wheel, and I'll turn it down.
0: He never stops winding that damn gramophone, sister. Day and night the same, songs over and over. Well, it's not playing now. Come on,
1: why don't you sit up? Sally, can you grab his other arm? One arm. <laughs> okay, just get under him and lift. Ready? Lift. There, now that's better, isn't it, Mr Whelan? Would you like a cup of tea?
0: Yes, thank you. No trench water this time. That bloody stuff will kill you.
1: How about some of Mrs Patterson's birthday cake? There's still a few slices left.
0: I don't eat scones and jam.
1: It's sponge cake. Look, I'll leave a piece here and you can have it later. How's Jack,
0: sister? He was coughing all night.
1: He's fine. Who's Jack? I have no idea, but you'll find it easier if you go along with them.
0: The light of passion in dreamy eyes and a page of truth well read. The glorious thrill of a heart grown cold of the spirit I thought was dead.
1: That's very nice, Mr Whelan. His family didn't stay very long today. Most of them don't. The young ones think old age is contagious and it's hard for the rest of them to see them like this. Not what they remember. Can you move that book they gave him before he knocks over his glass and soaks it? the Oxford book of war poetry. Sneak home and pray you'll never know the hell where youth and laughter go. That's a bit grim. Not as grim as the real thing. I'll never understand why they go. Look at all those poor boys who went to Vietnam. Such a waste. Is that how he lost his arm? Yes, at Gallipoli. Do you know what happened?
0: What was that? You want to know how I lost my arm? Oh,
1: shit, I didn't think he could understand. They all come in and out. It'll be forgotten in a minute. It's all right, Mr Wheeling. You don't have to talk about it.
0: Stupid thing. Stupid. A shell hit this kiwi and a big lump of him flew through the air and landed on me. Broke my arm in so many places they couldn't put it back together. When I looked at it, I could see bones sticking out, but I couldn't tell if they were his or mine.
1: Oh, that's terrible.
0: I never knew his name, sister. Of course, the fellow was in no shape to introduce himself at the time. (laughs) I'll get you that cup of tea now, Mr Whelan. I need a pencil. Get me a pencil.
1: Now, now, don't get upset. I
0: need to write to Brendan.
1: Brendan? His brother, I think. He's been dead for years, but it hasn't stopped him writing.
0: Is he back yet? He was coughing all night.
1: Poor old dear. I don't think I'd like to be that old.
0: A song that goes to a comrade's heart and a tear of pride let fall and my soul is strong and the world to me is a grand world after all. A grand world. A grand... A, A pencil and some
1: paper. I need some paper as well. It's okay, Mr Whelan. I'll bring them back with your tea.
0: Good, good should have seen them waving on the dock, sister. It was like we were going on holiday. There were bands and everyone was cheering. Can you open the window? I
1: I like to hear the waves. Now, Mr Whelan, you know that's just the trucks breaking on the highway. I'll open it anyway. It's a bit stuffy in here. There you go, Mr Whelan. Do you need anything else? Do you want me to turn up the radio again?
0: Wind it up. Wind it up. There was a wild colonial boy.
2: It's a long way to Tipperary, it's a long way to go. It's a long way to Tipperary,
0: to the sweetest girl I know. January 1915. Dear Brendan... The water has been calm today, and I've found a spot with enough shade and privacy to allow me to write this letter in some comfort, a commodity that is in short supply on a very crowded ship. It's ten days since we left Sydney, and many of the men aboard are seasick, even though the sway in the deck is gentle. They're boys from the bush, and most had never seen the ocean before they boarded. One of them, a fellow named Jack Burke from Werris Creek, little town up north, has attached himself to me for reasons best known to him. He's decided we will be friends and look out for each other when things get hot over there. He's a decent enough chap and I suspect he's a good shot, so I probably have the better of the arrangement. We met on the docks when he tapped me on the shoulder and asked me if I thought the man in front of us was a woman. I must say the question took me by surprise, and I had no idea how to answer it. But as it turns out, he was right. There have been several cases of women dressing up in uniform and trying to stow away on the troop ships. When they're caught, they say they want to do their bit, and they can fight as well as any man. I suspect that is true of some of them. Once we were on board, Jack found us a spot to camp out, and then set about securing as much of the spare tobacco and chocolate as he could find, Most of these supplies have been won in the various card games that are played around the ship to relieve the boredom. In return for sharing his gains, he only asks that I write an occasional letter to his mother and a young girl he is courting. He says he can read and write, but the words come out confused. Arse about, he calls it, and he doesn't want to look foolish. It's no secret that we're on our way to Egypt where we'll do our training before transfer to France, but it is odd how the attitudes of men change with each passing day. At the beginning of our journey, the war seemed a distant thing, a cry from another valley, but now it is real, and I can't help wondering how I will react when the fighting starts.
3: Charlie, I won this for you. It's one of those books you're always reading.
0: Ah, oh, the Iliad. <laughs> That's marvellous. Thanks, Jack. What's it about? A war fought over a woman. She must have been a good sort. They say she was the most beautiful woman in the world. How did they know that? Good point. I expect there are other reasons. Well, there usually are.
3: I wanted off a fellow who lost his teeth over the side. Coughed them straight out of his mouth.
0: No great loss. He won't need them to eat bully
3: beef. I think he's more worried that the army's going to give him someone else's. He doesn't want a dead man's smile. Will you read me something?
0: All right, here, here, this seems appropriate, given our current circumstances. Come, friend, you too must die. Why moan about it so? Even Protroclus died, a far, far better man than you. And look, you see how handsome and powerful I am? The son of a great man, the mother who gave me life, a deathless goddess... But even for me, I tell you, death and the strong force of fate are waiting. There will come a dawn or a sunset or high noon when a man will take my life in battle.
3: Do you think we're going to die, Charlie? I'd rather he
0: didn't. But I suppose there's a possibility.
3: Well, if I go, I hope it's heroic. I'd like my mother to have a medal to put on the mantelpiece. That'd be something nice for her to see every day. There's word going around the ship that some fellow jumped overboard. They say he folded his uniform and left it on the deck. Then over he went. Why would a man do that?
0: I doubt he did. It's a long way to Egypt, Jack, and people need a few stories to keep them entertained.
3: I mean, why would you want to drown out there when you have a gun that would do the job quickly? It makes no sense. No sense at all. It's like those Turkish blokes who attack the train at Broken Hill. And killed people who were just going to a picnic. Why do that?
0: Turkey's part of it now. I bet they thought they were doing their bit. But it's not their war, is it? Why would they want
3: to fight for Germany?
0: They've picked a side, just like us.
3: It's not like us, Charlie. We're Empire boys. We have to fight together. The war in that book, how long did it last? Ten years. Bloody hell. I hope we're not away that long. I don't think Mary would wait. She'd be 28 by then. Maybe I should have married her before I left. Why didn't you? There was no time. We had to get the sheep sheared. Did you always read
0: books? Yes. My father had a library and he used to assign books for my brother and me to read. Then we had to do a report on them. Doesn't sound like much fun. No. I still can't read without analysing motivation and structure.
3: My mother used to like reading. Though she didn't get much time for it what, with looking after the family. There was one thing she used to read to us that I liked. It reminded me of the farm. The brooding ghosts of Australian night have gone from the bush and town. My spirit revives in the morning breeze, though it died when the sun went down. The river is high and the stream is strong and the grass is green and tall. And I fain would think that this world of ours is a good world after all.
0: You know i will be sad if I never saw it again, Charlie. I wouldn't worry too much, Jack. Not with us looking out for each other. Besides, how long can the war last with us Empire boys in the show?
2: Oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. Oh, how I'd love to remain in bed. For the hardest blow of all is to hear the bugler call. You've got to get up, you've got to get up, you've got to get up this morning. Some day I'm going to murder the blur, Some day they're going to find him dead. I'll amputate his reveille and step upon it heavily and spend the rest of my life in
0: bed. We've been in Egypt for seven weeks now. The camp is row after row of tents, and there are thousands of men from all parts of the empire. It's so hellishly hot, Brendan, that I'm sure I'll melt before I see any fighting. The other day, some young British officer wanted to impress his chums, so he forced his troop to march 20 miles through the desert, without rest or adequate water. By the time they returned to camp, they were in a terrible way, and subsequently two men died. It was murder, plain and simple. But I doubt any penalty will be paid. These are things that men get away with in war. Though much of our week is filled with training, we do have time to visit the markets and back streets of Cairo, where the local traders are very willing to relieve us of our six bob. They swarm around us, shouting over each other and pulling us this way or that towards their stalls. It's against regulations to strike them with your hand, so a number of men carry sticks to beat them off. Still, for all their hectoring, they are the descendants of a great civilization, and the reminders of that are all around us.
3: Two bob for a cup of coffee. Can you believe that? Two bob and five bob for the guide. It's like they're picking our pockets.
0: Ah, well, at least you can say you drank it on top of the Great Pyramid. Not many men from Worris Creek will ever tell that story. It was a cruel climb, wasn't it? Worth the effort, though. It's a magnificent view of the city.
3: You know, the biggest place I'd ever been to before the war was Tamworth. I used to take Mary to see the streetlights. And then we'd sit by the river and she'd sing for me. That's why I joined up. To see a bit more of the world before I settled down.
0: Well, you're seeing it now, Jack. One of the wonders of the ancient world. It's an odd
3: thing, all this stone to bury one man. Must have taken some work to build it.
0: It helped they had slaves to do the heavy lifting. A bit like our officers.
3: <laughs> Those blokes spend a lot of time arguing about who has seniority, don't they? I expected them to be better than that, what with all their training and education and such.
0: Education doesn't make you a better man, Jack I can confirm that
3: You might be right, but it makes you sound clever and people listen when you say something I would have thought a
0: cove like you would have been an officer, Charlie They didn't think I was the right type to hold the King's Commission, Jack and all the schooling in the world wouldn't change that It's been quiet around the camp the last week A lot of boys are worried that it'll all be over before we get there I don't think there's much chance of that The Kaiser's lads are as keen for a fight as we are
3: Maybe so, but there's still a lot of them on edge There's talk about going into
0: town and sorting out the traders for charging too much Or like the women in the brothels Their prices go up every time more men arrive (laughs) I wouldn't know about that
3: Anyway, I hope we're off soon There's only so much training a fellow can do before he wants to get into it
0: We'll be in France soon enough And I'll be showing the sights of Paris Now there's a civilised city for you, old son You've been there? long time ago. It's a grand place. Notre Dame, the Seine, the cafes on the (laughs) Champs-Elysees, and more street lights than you'll ever see in Tamworth. I'd like to say it. And so you will, Jack, so you will. Come on, let's head back before it gets dark, and mind how you go on the way down. It's a long drop, and there's no one to build you a pyramid. All you'll get is a cross in the sand, was a wild colonial
1: boy, Jack Duggan was his name. He was born and raised in Ireland, in a place called Castlemaine. He was his father's only son, his mother's pride and joy.
0: And dearly did his parents love, the wild colonial boy.
4: Quiet, boys. The Turks will hear you. They'll
0: think it's the angels coming, Sarge.
4: (laughs) Fallen angels, maybe.
0: They don't believe
3: in that, though, do they? They're pagans. Muslims. Isn't that the same thing, Charlie?
4: No. They
0: believe in the same God as us, the poor bastards.
4: He was a Turkish chap in the factory where I worked, but they sacked him when the war started. I thought he was a decent enough fella.
3: I suppose Australia civilises a man. Not long now. I can see the hills over there. What do you think, Sarge? Will there be many of them waiting for us?
4: Well, not if the officers have got it right.
3: <laughs> We're doomed then. We're a long way from Paris, Charlie. No cafes or streetlights out there.
4: That's true enough.
0: Our tour will have to wait until we've sorted this out, Jack. Some fellow was telling me that city in your book is around here. Troy? It was further south.
4: I know that story. They built a wooden horse and uh, filled it full of soldiers to get inside the city.
3: <laughs> Maybe we could get the Kiwis to build a giant sheep and save us all a lot of time. Can you swim, Charlie?
0: Yes, I, I learned when I was a boy.
3: I'm not much call for it out my way. I've
0: always been nervous around water. Explains why you avoid baths. What happens if I fall in before we land? Oh, you don't have to worry about swimming. With that backpack on you, you'll sink straight to the bottom. It's not that I'm afraid of
3: dying, I just don't want to drown. I don't like the thought of swallowing all that water.
4: That, that, don't worry me, it's being eaten by the fish that puts me off.
3: You'd rather the worms do it?
4: Well, that's more
3: natural. If I feel myself going under, I'm going to stick my head up and hope one of those Turkish boys is a good shot.
0: We used to go to Bondi when I was a boy. That's where I learned I wouldn't go in because I was afraid of the waves and my father kept yelling at me, calling me a coward. My mother told him to leave me alone and that I'd do it when I was ready. But he picked me up by the arse of my trousers and tossed me in and he wouldn't let me out until I could swim to shore. He wasn't a patient man, my father. A man does things, he said. He doesn't waste time thinking about them.
4: A good way to live <laughs>
0: if you've survived the mistakes.
4: My father wasn't much
0: of a talker. Mostly he just gave
3: instructions. When I joined up, he told me to clean the oil out of the barrel of my rifle, so it didn't smoke when I fired it and show the enemy where I was. It was his way of saying look
4: after yourself. All right, boys. There's a signal to go over the side. Now, quiet now. Let's shake for luck, Charlie.
0: Done. And don't worry, Jack. If I see you drowning I'll shoot you myself
2: Keep the home fire burning while you're a horary
0: Do you think one day can shape the rest of your life, Brendan? I didn't think so once. We landed in the wrong place, and the Turks were waiting for us at the top of the slopes. It was around four in the morning and still dark. I slipped as I got out of the boat and fell in the water, then had to drag myself onto the beach, weighed down by the sodden backpack and uniform. "'Men were shouting, and bullets were throwing up sand and water all around me. "'Get up, Charlie, get up!' I felt someone tugging at my pack. "'It was Jack.' "'I got to my feet and followed him, "'running across the narrow beach looking for cover behind the dunes. "'We caught our breath, and then Jack smiled and made another run. "'I lost sight of him for a moment among the other men, "'then saw him waving at me to follow. "'As I stood up, he fell and disappeared in the dark.' I started towards him, but an officer grabbed me. Fix your bayonet, he said. They'll run when they see the steel. I pushed up the slope towards their trenches, finding footholds where I could, and, as foolish as it may seem now, I wasn't frightened by the bullets passing me. They were annoying, like flies buzzing around my ears, and I was tempted to swap them away. I finally found some cover in the trench, but as I settled, a young Turk stepped out of the dark and levelled his rifle at me. We exchanged stares for a moment, and then he pulled the trigger. There was a click as the rifle misfired. And before he could try again, I lunged and stuck him. His mouth opened in surprise, and he dropped his gun. I kept sticking him with my bayonet until he fell, then I stabbed him one more time, putting my weight on the butt and twisting. The whole time I was doing it, he screamed the same word, DUR! dur thought it might mean God or maybe the name of a loved one, but I found out later it meant stop. I heard a shout to hold our position, so I sat back in the trench. The Turk was facing me, his mouth open and his eyes staring. After a few minutes I turned away and tried to sleep. I had no sense of guilt for my actions. He would have killed me if I hadn't killed him, but I kept wondering what sort of life he might have had if we hadn't met. I found Jack later in the day, or rather he found me. He fell into the trench beside me and said, I tripped over someone in the dark and twisted my bloody ankle. Hurts like the devil. Have some tea, boys.
4: Keep your bloody head down or the snipers will tag it off, Jack. Oh, Jesus Christ, on a cross, I'm sick of these bugs. I've nearly scratched my skin to the bone. I washed my
0: pants in salt water. Did it work? No. They get in the seams, Sarge. Some of the boys have started wearing their uniforms inside out. This tea is putrid, Jack. Tastes like mud.
4: I had to top up the kettle with some trench water.
0: You know what's in that? You're
4: bloody poisonous. I'm not wearing my pants inside out. How'd I get to my pockets? There's word going round that the Turks want a truce so we can bury the dead.
3: Oh, that'd be a strange thing.
4: Why's that, Jack?
3: We've spent all this time killing them, haven't we? And now they want to stop everything to clean up so we can start all over
4: again? Well, they need to do something. The boys out there are getting a bit ripe. Talking about strange things, there's a story going round about a fellow who was saved by his Bible... A sniper hit him in the chest, but he had the good book in his pocket, and it stopped the bullet.
3: I heard that as well. They said it stopped at the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want.
0: Sounds like one of the stories the chaplain puts round.
4: You don't have much time for men of the cloth, do you, Charlie?
0: I had my fill of them back home. As far as I could tell, they did more harm than good. You don't believe in God? I'm suspicious it'd
3: be hard to fight if you didn't believe there
4: was something better after all this. Maybe that would be a good thing. Only dead men see the end of war. Plato. What? You're quoting Plato. Oh, well, there you go. I'm an educated man. Maybe I should ask for a commission. (laughs) Jack, is there any more that tea left?
3: Sorry, the bill is empty, Sarge. You know, I was thinking about the boys out there. They look like they're "'sleeping in the grass. "'Sometimes I'm sure I can hear them whispering to each other. "'It's like they're wondering what happened to them.'
0: "'It's just the waves running off the beach.' "'You don't believe in ghosts either, Charlie.' "'Well, I didn't say that, Jack. "'Did I ever tell you about the time back in Sydney "'when I walked home through the graveyard? "'It was near midnight and about to rain, "'so I took the shortcut. "'But it was pitch black and I had to make my way slowly "'so I didn't trip over any of the graves.' Well, there I was, tiptoeing, with the rain starting to fall, when I hear this tap, tap, tap. I can tell you my heart nearly stopped, boys. I looked around, but it was too dark to make anything out, so I picked up my pace, and as I did, I could hear it all around me. Tap, tap, tap.
4: God, Jesus, I'd be running by now.
0: That's exactly what I did, Sarge. "'I started to run and fell flat on my face. "'And as I was lying there, the rain getting heavier, "'I heard this voice above me. "'You all right, son?' "'I looked up and there was an old man leaning over me "'and he was holding a chisel and a hammer in his hands. "'I pushed myself up and started laughing. "'I said to him, I thought you were a ghost, "'and he smiled and told me I'd better get on home "'before I was wet through to the bone. "'Then, as I was walking away... I asked him what he was doing in the graveyard at that time of night. And he turned to one of the headstones and started working on it with the chisel. The bastards have misspelt my name, he said. (laughs) Is that true, Charlie? (laughs) It's true as I'm sitting here, Jack. These
4: bloody bugs, they're driving me mad.
0: Take your trousers off and try shaking them out.
4: Jesus, I think they made a nest in me jacksy.
3: At least they'll be warm for the winter. Spend a lot of time sitting on our asses, don't we, Charlie? I expected
0: there'd be a bit more excitement. How's about that for excitement? Sarge with his trousers
4: round his ankles.
3: It's a sight for sure.
4: You're seeing the best of British man, old boy. It's not working. The bastards are digging in. Careful, Sarge. Keep down. Oh, Jesus!
0: Jesus, they hit him! Get down, Jack! Charlie, they've killed him. Leave him be. Get over here before they sight you. Can you see anything? No, it could have come from anywhere. Sarge knew better than that. He gave them half a shot. That's all they need.
3: It was the bugs. That's what killed him. Look at the bloody state of him, Charlie. The dum-dum's taken the
0: back of his head off. It was quick anyway. Halfway through a sentence.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We used to talk a bit when it was quiet. He told me his father sold fruit in London, but he didn't fancy being a grocer. So he came out to Melbourne. Did you know that? No. Mad keen on Victorian football too. You would have thought he would have liked soccer. He used to tell me he wanted to play for Collingwood, but he was too short and too slow. Doesn't matter now. No. It's hard to believe that's him. Something's gone.
0: We'll need a stretcher to carry him. He was a big man. Barely fitted in the
3: uniform. The only bloke I knew who could eat a second can of bully beef and ask you for leftovers.
0: Bloody shocking stuff. If you throw a can to the Turks, they'll throw it back. I'll pull something over his face. Pull his pants up as well. And keep your head down. Dear Brendan, As you can see at the top of this letter, I've had a change of address. My Gallipoli campaign is over. "'and I'm recovering in Malta. "'Jack is here, and the war is over for him as well. "'Though our injuries are serious, "'the circumstances that caused them "'are not likely to make any news reports back home. "'Jack was bathing on the beach "'when a shrapnel shell went off overhead, "'spitting bullets into the water. "'One of them tore away his knee, "'leaving the bottom half of his leg "'hanging by muscles and skin. "'Must have hurt like the devil.' But all he could say to me was, "'Put me trousers on. "'I don't want the nurses seeing my privates.' I shipped him out, and then a week later I was injured in a silly accident, and they had to take my arm. The hospital, one of many on the island, is about five miles from the main town, and has a magnificent view of the Mediterranean. Before the war it was a barracks for the British regiment, but its design is well suited to the care of the wounded.' The staff are very organised, having developed their efficiency before the Peninsula Campaign by practising on hundreds of soldiers who were transferred from Cairo with venereal disease. Still, there are not enough doctors and nurses to manage the increasing numbers that arrive daily. Volunteers from the community help, and Boy Scouts have made themselves available to run errands for the patients. But if the campaign goes on much longer, this little country will be overwhelmed. By a happy coincidence, I was placed in the same ward as Jack. You should have seen the look on his face when he saw me. smile of a long-lost brother. Then he noticed my injury and went quiet for a moment. But he's not one to dwell on the worst of life, and so the smile returned. You know, Charlie, he said, if they find my leg, your arm and the sergeant's head, they'll have half a new recruit. There's no time for sentiment here, Brendan.' In his usual manner, Jack has managed to convince the nurses to put me in the bed next to him, which I would normally appreciate, but he somehow secured a gramophone and spends the days winding it, playing the few records he has over and over. <laughs>
2: All night long they chatter away All day long they were happy and gay Swinging and singing in a hunky-monkey way Abba-dabba-dabba dabba dabba dab Means funk, I love honky Dabba-dabba-dabbing, monkey-bong Means <laughs> kimp, I love you too Dabba-dabba-dabbing, one night in June He married them and very soon They went upon their
5: abba-dabba honey I think we've had enough of that, Private
3: Burke. All right, sister. Have you found someone to buy my spare boot?
5: It's not your boot, Private. It belongs to the army, just like you. How are you feeling today?
0: I'm fine. He still has that cough. He was barking half the night. It's just a cold. Would you like a cigarette, sister?
5: No, thank you. I don't smoke. How are you feeling, Private Whelan?
0: Nothing worth complaining about. There were more brought in last night?
5: Yes. I don't know how much longer our boys can last... I bought you something from the canteen, scones and jam.
0: No, thank you.
5: Oh, come on, Private Whelan, who doesn't like scones and jam?
3: We appreciate it, sister, but you see, back on the peninsula, we used to put jam on the hard biscuits, but before we could eat them, they'd be covered in flies from the bodies. They looked like raisins.
5: I'm sorry, I didn't know.
3: That's all right. Everything else here is grand. And they don't ring the church bells anymore, so we can sleep in on Sunday. How's that fella of yours, the one in France?
5: (laughs) only have the one, Private. He's fine. He's just been on leave in Paris.
0: I wanted to see Paris again. Not much chance of that now.
5: Well, Harold said he was appalled by the way the women dress. Tight blouses and dresses split so you can see their legs. He said the French are very loose when it comes to morals.
3: Doesn't sound that bad to me.
5: (coughs) I'm going to get the doctor to look at you in the morning, Private Burke. You might have an infection.
3: I'm fine. (coughs) A good night's sleep and I'll be right as rain. Your chap is not one of those silly officers that makes his men kick a football into the enemy trenches and then chase it, is he?
5: Why ever would they do that?
3: Because they think it's a bloody game. Language, Charlie. Sorry, sister. We're not used to having women around. So you get into a habit of talking like a man.
5: It's nothing that I haven't heard before. Harold doesn't play games. He's very serious about soldiering. His letters are all about the war now. He was appalled to see men playing football with the Germans in no-man's land.
0: It was Christmas.
5: Well, that was no excuse as far as he was concerned. How are they going to kill the enemy after they've got to know them? He wouldn't let his men out of the trench. I'm hoping to be transferred soon, so we can be closer.
3: I'm sure that'll be nice for him, sister.
5: For both of us. Do you have someone back home, Private Berg?
3: Yes, she's a fine girl. We've known each other
0: since we were children.
5: And you, Private Whelan?
0: No. I didn't think it was fair to make any arrangements before going off to war.
5: Plenty of men do.
0: And leave widows. You're not a cheerful fellow, are you, Charlie? I come from the melancholy side of the family.
5: Well, cheerful or not, I think it's time both of you got some rest. I'll have the doctor come over in the morning. Good night now. And no more music, Private.
3: Good night, sister. She's a fine-looking woman, Charlie. And I think she's taken a shine to you. Don't be stupid,
0: Besides, she already has her man in front. Well,
3: from what I hear is going on, there's a good chance he won't be back. She might need someone to console her, and an educated cove like you would fit the bill. Go to sleep. Well, if not her, then maybe one of the other nurses. You need to have a bit of fun to knock that melancholy out
0: of you. Look at the shape of me, will you? I won't be going out with anyone looking like this. What are you talking about? You've only lost a fucking arm, man. You have one left, so you can
3: still write and scratch your ass. Just not at the same time. <laughs>
0: You're a good man, Jack. Now go to sleep. It may be
3: oh, I saw too plain.
0: What? What, what? What's the matter, Jack?
3: And it may be I was blind.
0: Jack, are you all right?
3: My, my mother, she used to read that. Though the devil may stand behind me, I'll not see his shadow fall. But read the signs in the morning stars of a good world after all. That's it. That's why we came. To make it a good world after all. Sister! Sister! I shouldn't have shot him, Charlie.
0: Sister! I
3: should have waited
0: just a second or two.
5: What's the matter?
0: I don't know. He just woke up like that. He's making no
5: sense. He has a fever. I'm going to get the doctor.
0: See, I was on
3: the watch and I saw this Turk crawling out of his trench across no man's land. I could see him making his way over to one of our wounded boys. He was going to slit his throat and steal his cigarettes. You, you know what they're like, Charlie. It's all right, Jack. They'll look after you. Except he wasn't, you see. He was crawling out to put a blanket under the man's head. An act of kindness. But I shot him before he could do it. I put a bullet right through his eye. He still had the blanket in his hand. It's such a good world after all, is it?
0: They're coming now, Jack.
3: Charlie, Charlie, you remember what I told you about my medal? Yes. You make sure my mother gets it. There was a wild colonial boy. Mary used to sing that. Come on, Charlie. Come on. Jack Jack Duggan was his name.
5: I'm so sorry, Private Whelan. Sometimes there's nothing we can do. Yes. Well, it's nice here anyway. There's shade and you can hear the waves breaking on the beach It's a good place to rest As good as any Well, all right then I really need to get back to the hospital Are you ready to go?
0: It's fine, sister I'll be along shortly A good spot, she said, Jack Well, maybe it is but it's a long way from Worris Creek no more bright lights of Tamworth for you and Mary, old son Gallipoli's over word came through the other day that the boys made it up without losing anyone so that's a good thing but we left plenty behind you know, after that first night on the beach I thought for sure we were going to die there So losing an arm or a leg wasn't much of a price to pay for the opportunity to live a long life. And that's what was supposed to happen, Jack. Instead, you go and die a silly death. Pneumonia. Of all the ways you could have gone, why that one? No heroics there. That wasn't the right way for you to die. You see, for most of us, courage is a reaction. "'But it came naturally to you. "'It was instinct. "'Remember that time they sent us down to the low trenches for supplies? "'Remember? "'It had been raining for days, and the water had built up "'and came tumbling down the slopes, picking up bodies along the way. "'They were bobbing like corks, and then it hit my trench, "'a great wave of it flushing through and pulling me under. "'I was gone.' I couldn't hold my breath any longer and I was about to open my mouth and suck in the water when one of the bodies reached out and grabbed me. It was you. You couldn't swim. You were scared to fucking death of drowning and you jumped into a flood to save my life. Do you remember what you said to me afterwards? Your father was right. It's the only way to learn. I'm shipping out tomorrow, to England, then home. They don't have much use for one-armed men in France. I've got your medal in my duffel, and I've even taken a couple of those records you kept playing. But I'm going to leave this here. It's the book you gave me. There's a line in it that makes me think of you. If I hold out here and I lay siege to Troy... My journey home is gone, but my glory never dies.
1: Mr. Whelan, it's still a little loud. Yeah, that's better. Do you want a cup of tea? And I think there's still some cake left. Mr Whelan? Mr Whelan? Oh dear. Oh dear. You Poor old man.
0: There's a poem in the book the children gave me. I dreamt last night Christ came to earth again to bless his own. My soul from place to place On its dream quest sped, Seeking for his face Through temple and town And lovely land in vain. Then came I to a place Where death and pain Had made of God's sweet world A waste forlorn, With shattered trees and meadows Gashed and torn, Where the grim trenches Scarred the shell-sheared plain. "'My life has been a good one, Brendan, perhaps better than I deserved. "'I came home and became a teacher. "'I married a good woman and bought a house with a view of the ocean, "'before houses like that were beyond the means of ordinary men. "'I had children who had children, and they grew up to have happy lives. "'The years passed, and slowly I became this tottering, wrinkled thing you see now.' But while I sometimes complain about the aches, I know I'm one of the lucky ones. I've had so many days, and through them all the ghosts have stayed with me. The young Turk, Sarge, Jack. There's an army of them marching behind. And they don't grow old, like I've grown old. That was After All by Bart Meehan, with Jeffrey Borney, Gabrielle Hislop, Elaine Noon, Emma Wood, Chris Zuber, Will Huang and Tony Turner. It was directed by Tony Turner.